0: Welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. You're listening on EWTN Radio or St. Gabriel Radio. Beyond Damascus is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.
1: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. My name's Brad Piran, and I'm here today with my two brothers and amazing men in the Lord, Dan Dimitri Woo! and Aaron yeah. Richards. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I love the high five. <laughs> Aaron, he the you, most awkward high five. No, no, no it was I I I you very, it was like, involved. It was involved. If you're wondering why we're excited, we're excited because we have an awesome show for you today. Um, yeah. We're actually going to be talking today about, wait for it. Wait for vocation. Yes. The word vocation. I know it's a word. That's all just just literally how the word came to be and like (laughs) why it's spelled the way it is. No, um, vocation. Like it's one of those words in the church, right? That we hear all of the time. But I think it comes with a lot of connotations and a lot of like ways that we've seen it viewed before and even ways that we might view it now. And um, we want to have a good discussion around vocation here today. But before we get to that, if uh, any of you watching or listening, if you're thinking to yourself, what do I... I think of when I normally think vocation. I don't know what you think of, but I can tell you what I think of. Mm, and mm. that is reality TV. Why? Because there was this <laughs> show at one point called God or the Girl. You we know should what I'm probably talking just about? Aaron? And, uh, show. and God or the <laughs> Girl. Yeah, I've heard of it too. And there was yeah. someone that was actually a part of Damascus that was on that Actually, someone. wait, no, it was you, Dan. Yeah, Dan, yeah, you yeah, were on God yeah, or the Girl. Yeah. Um so obviously the master of all things vocation. I'd love to just start out with your experience. On the reality mm. TV show oh. that all of you can purchase, by the way. And well, it was yeah. God of the Girl you, was produced. Can you still purchase God of the Girl? You I can think you on can.
2: Amazon for a dollar. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes cheaper. I, I've seen it as low as ninety cents. That's so, amazing. Free shipping. Uh, it costs them the more to do, <laughs> to do that. Yeah, I don't know why they're doing it. Uh, then how do we get rid of it? So it was produced by three Jewish guys and an atheist. So if you're ever trying to figure out, Whoa. like, how do I look at a uh, a, a vocational discernment through the lens of three Jewish guys and an atheist. This is the show. This is the show for you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So the premise of the show was the idea that you were either going to choose the priesthood or choose to go on dates. Get engaged. Well, what was the It started
2: by a guy in Hollywood who's a pretty successful producer? He was like, What would ever cause a young man to think about celibacy? Like that just seems stupid. And yeah, so yeah. he went to the United States bishops and he asked them, Hey, I want to do a show with seminarians, like a reality show, to kind of understand what what goes on in someone's heart when they're discerning the hmm. priesthood. And the bishops were like, We love that idea. There's no way you're talking to our <laughs> seminarians. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so they were like, Well, just call college campuses, Catholic universities and see if any of them uh, have guys who are in the pre discernment phase yeah, before sure, they've entered sure. seminary. So that's what they did. They, and they came out, they interviewed me They're Then they're like, Hey, you should be on this reality. Like they offered me to be on the show. And I was like pretty convinced, like this is going to be horrific. Like you're going sure. to videotape like the <laughs> show. You're going to like edit it to make me look like a, like massive scandal. <laughs> and so I was like, uh, I initially told them, no, thank you, but no thanks. And yeah. then, I was praying and uh, it was really kind of weird because I like specifically heard like John Paul II say like in in prayer, like, Hey, you want, you want to be a part of the new evangelization. This is it. And so I was like, all right. Well, like I, uh, and so I called them back. I was like, let's do it. And Aaron was on the show with us. It was a very
1: interesting
0: time of our life. I was Uh, the best supporting actor. (laughs) Yeah. Best supporting actor in
1: more ways than one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's amazing to me because I, I didn't know you guys at that time (laughs) and I now know you and I haven't actually. Gone back and watch it, so I'm gonna have to do that. Oh man, just you're,
2: you're not a faithful fan. I know, I know. I'm sorry. Why
1: did we ever bring him on <laughs> him our on ministry? It, that team? should be an interview it question. Should, should be, have should you be, seen?
2: Yeah, one of the, the prerequisites. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, yeah. basically, the best way to start a show on vocations is to give the worst title ever, which yes, is God or the, or the girl. girl. <laughs> like <that> I remember <laughs> after I proposed to Amber, this like old lady came up to me in like the church, and she was like so like she was like dead serious. Amber and I are like walking through the church hallway. She grabbed Amber's. Arm and was like, So you're the reason he didn't become a priest? <laughs> She's like, um. Get off of me. Oh, right. <laughs> She's like, I'd like to think that was like God's will. Sure,
1: sure. <laughs> yeah, maybe he might be speaking. <laughs> yeah. So we usually
2: say, you know, marriage is God through the girl, not yeah, God or the girl. That's good. So no, that's good. A little awkward. No, it's, it, well, the,
1: I think um the reason I like starting there is <laughs> even the premise of the show. Yeah. I think that is what we experience in discernment of vocation. Like over the course of time, we've, begun to see, to see vocation as I have to choose the right one and it needs to be this or this, or I'll somehow miss out on something. And I, I think that like, That's probably been done for a variety of well-intentioned reasons. Like we're probably wanting to make sure that people will give celibacy a fair shake, right? We're wanting to make sure people will give the religious life a fair shake. But I'm excited for where we go today in our conversation about vocation. But just like, why don't we speak just a little bit up front? Like what was your guys' experiences in discerning vocation, like outside of the show? Like Hmm. whenever you hear that word and you think back before you were both married, like yeah, what what context come up? Hmm.
2: I, I'm man, so many things come up honestly with the with that question, but I'll try I think first and foremost just the you know the the Eucharist was so important. Like the time in, in in front of the blessed sacrament, there's only one person who can tell you like what his desires mm, for your life yeah, are. And yeah. that's Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I mean, even doing the show, it was kind of funny cause they're like, well, at the end of the show, you need to make a decision. It's like, there's no way I'm making a decision. I've been like, <laughs> followed by like five cameramen for a week. like I mean, for weeks there's like, I can't even think much mm-hmm. less mm-hmm. enter into prayer. And I think like having that silence is, is so critical but the 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 impetus for me for vocational discernment was really the cross, um, hmm. Ephesians chapter five, like husbands love your wives like Christ loved the church and handed himself over for her, and I realized yeah. mm-hmm. that vocation is ultimately um, the way in which I desire to lay my life down for others. Is it through mm-hmm. a wife and children, or mm-hmm. is it through service to the church? Um, yeah. And like entering into that process of the Paschal mystery of like saying, Lord, how do you want me to mm-hmm. lay my Life down like you've laid yours down, and, yeah. mm-hmm. and and uniquely. In what ways are you calling me to love? Was I designed to give self-sacrificial love through marriage and family, mm-hmm. or was I was it through uh, the priesthood and through celibacy? Mm-hmm. And uh, ultimately, for me, it was very like it, it just became evident that like. Holiness would be perfected in me through and, mm-hmm. through the expression of the family. I love that, that I, 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 it, I, it, celibacy and into like um, being alone is so easy for me. Mm-hmm. To be completely yeah. honest, that that being <clears throat> in deep community with others is h- harder. And I knew that my heart would become more like God's mm-hmm. the more I was oriented towards community and the less uh, mm-hmm. by myself. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. I think I think for me the the, the key components of vocation. Our our witness and inv- invitation.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: uh, I I had a funny vocation experience. You know, I was convinced for most of high school that I was both going to be married and become a priest. Oh, yeah.
2: That makes sense. You go the Episcopalian route. <laughs> yeah. I want to become Episcopalian and become no, a priest. No, then... the church. Well, <laughs> well, the Roman church and was going <laughs> to change as, because of Aaron. As I've come <laughs> I,
0: as I've come to know a number of the missionaries at Damascus, however, many, many of them operate in the same oh, right, yeah. yeah. way. Well, hey, uh,
1: by the way, we love the Episcopalians. I was just saying that not it's that a they, route to not be not married priest. Not they think
2: they're going to be married priests, but the same thing like 100% sure I'm called to the priesthood and 100% sure I'm called to the married
0: life. So anyway. <laughs> uh, so it was, it was in, I mean, this, this could have been a vocation story from, you know, from, from the priesthood, right? In mm-hmm. seventh grade, I was introduced to, a, um, an awesome associate pastor at our, mm-hmm. at our parish mm-hmm. and he invited me into ministry, um, for, uh, in a way that I'd never experienced before, right? Mm-hmm. He invited me to come alongside with him and to start, uh, leading confirmation retreats, yeah. you know, something simple. Uh, but my experience of that at the time was like 100%, I'm sold out for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, don't underestimate the power of invitation. You're listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio on St. Gabriel Radio. You can listen to the whole version of today's show at www.ewtn.com slash radio podcasts. Or check us out on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. We'll be right back with this episode after a short break. Uh,
2: I still have my sanity because of EWTN and listening to your station. Uh, Everybody needs to listen to positive things. If you only listen to the negative things, uh, it just gets very bad. If it weren't for your uplifting and wonderful people that conduct your programs... Uh, I don't know if I could still be not
0: crying. (laughs) Mm. EWTN, helping people grow in their love and understanding of God.
1: What have you always wanted to know about the Vatican? Well, I'm your Vatican Insider, and I answer that question when I bring you the news about the Pope, Vatican City, and much more. I answer your wonderful questions about the Church. I share insights and stories told by my amazing guests from a broad spectrum of Church ministries. Vatican Insider with Joan Lewis, tonight, 9 Eastern, on EWTN Radio.
0: Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in central Ohio on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. So don't underestimate the power of invitation. Um, Mm -hmm. And then the second piece is, the second piece is understanding how it is that I hear from God in my life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So much of answering a vocational call depends on my ability to effectively Mm -hmm. respond to the work of God in my heart. And many of us lack the language for understanding how that how that mm-hmm. can be experienced. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It was uh, it was only you know, we, we use we use kind of four different things that that I can I can see God, mm-hmm. I can hear God, mm-hmm. I can feel God, and I can know God. Mm-hmm. And God can speak to me through those through those ways and through you know a million other ways. But mm-hmm. uh, when I heard for the first time that the way that you just know in your heart that something is right. Mm-hmm. Can actually be an effective way that God can speak to you yeah, sure. that transformed my life. Yeah, because because I, I was like, okay, the day that I met Monica, truly, the day that I met her, I mm-hmm. I knew yeah. that we were going to spend the rest of our life together. Yeah. yeah, I didn't have to question our relationship again mm-hmm. after that point. Yeah. and every every kind of milestone along the process, it wasn't uh, oh my gosh, what do I do? It was yeah, it was that I had one of the gifts that God's given me is the ability to, to know Mm -hmm. when he's saying to go. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, No, that's Uh, awesome.
0: And yeah. So, so know the way that God speaks and, and follow and give invitation and example. Yeah. And I,
1: and I think like, I I think that's, that's my primary desire with what we're talking about today is Mm -hmm. that just like to understand vocation as, as like, as normal, that God yes. is, he's always calling and he's calling you to something great. And he's calling you in small ways. And he's also calling you in big ways, like the vocation, the big calling on your life. Like that, that like shouldn't carry a weight. That's not exciting, yeah. right? Like it should be exciting. It's Amen. almost like we're, we're going on an adventure together. Yep. And I can't wait to show you more about the adventure. I, I walk with so many college students now, obviously we all do being yeah. here at Damascus. And a lot of times what I'll tell them is I'll say the moment that discernment for like of vocation, the moment that discernment becomes anxiety ridden or fear provoking (laughs) is the moment it became about you. Yeah. Like if we're actually focused on the Lord and Lord, I want to lay down my life for you in the best way possible. And I know that you're going to fulfill me no matter how you call me to do that. I want to say yes, you know? And I want to hearken back because like in our, in our discernment of vocation, hearing both of your stories and then, um, adding on mine here in a little bit, I, um, as it comes, but like I'm recognizing the opportunity in both of your stories to see it from the idea that like, I wanna first say yes to the universal cause, right? We talked about this in previous episodes. I have the universal call to holiness, and I have the universal call to mission. And so does the entire church, all of us, right? And vocation, that becomes a calling that helps us achieve the call to holiness and the call to mission. So um, when you you think about like tying in vocational discernment to the universal call to holiness and mission, like what are the questions? Like, did you guys ask good questions when you're walking with people now? Do you ask Mm. them good questions on like, how do you make sure that someone's like aligning with those, right? Like, because I, I think there is just a general fear of someone who begins dating and really wants to know the Lord or someone who enters the seminary and really wants to know the Lord. There's this like, well, I hope I'm finding the right place for me to be holy and the right place for me to be on mission. The answer is actually that there's goodness in both, but I want to hear like, what are some questions we can ask to make sure like, okay, I want to make sure my heart's in the right place here.
2: Yeah. I I mean, that's, it's a great question, Brad. I think, you know, when I'm walking with young guys, especially I, I really evaluate and, and, and have them ask the Lord questions as Mm -hmm. if, if, if I, especially young men who have a desire to be in a life of ministry, right? Because I've seen so many young men who had a desire to be in a life of full-time ministry. And then because of their vocation Mm -hmm. to marriage, they actually had to step out of full-time ministry and, (laughs) <laughs> um, because it maybe wasn't providing financially or for their means mm-hmm, or whatever, mm-hmm. and and so I really asked, like, Lord, are you calling me to full time ministry? Mm-hmm. I think is a critical question to ask the Lord, um, and 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 then by what means are you calling me to full time ministry? So mm-hmm. there was all these things. Like I, I loved, I love, I knew I had a call to full time ministry without a doubt. Like mm-hmm. Lord, you you're going to provide for me to be in full time ministry. If I'm married, mm-hmm. you're going to provide financially. You're gonna like my life is going to be full time. Yeah. apostolic work for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, so then it was like, is it lay ministry or is it ordained ministry? Is it? Mm-hmm. And, and I started to like, well, I loved preaching and preaching is when I'm most alive. So I was like, mm-hmm. well, it's gotta be the priesthood because mm-hmm. priests preach. Right. Yeah, and I can yeah. preach every day and every Sunday. But then I started to examine like the sacramental life of the church. And I was just like, wait, I don't, I don't think I'm called to like my full-time ministry. I didn't feel Mm -hmm. like my full-time ministry was called to be sacramental ministry. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. when I started thinking about the confessional, did I feel called to be in the confessional? The answer was no, I didn't Mm -hmm. feel called to be there full-time. I didn't feel called to be uh, behind the altar full-time, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it it started, it's almost like discovering like one question after another (laughs) question, but I think the important one is, well, what happens like with marriage, right? Like what I'll ask young men a lot is if, mm-hmm. if you're, if mission if your mission can't be full-time ministry, right? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. and your mission is going to be in the world. Are you, are you okay with that? Because yeah. if something does happen, if you mm-hmm. can't provide financially through ministry mm-hmm. and you're all of a sudden your full-time ministry becomes, or your your full-time
1: mission becomes a secular yeah, world,
2: yeah. are you content with that? And do you feel called into that? Yeah.
1: It's interesting how ministry and occupation come into the vocational conversation. It has to. It has to. Yeah. Because if be I'm part. just like,
2: oh, well, I'm going to be married and that's my ministry. That's yeah. not your,
1: only ministry. No. Like
2: you'll, mm-hmm. if you're called to the lay vocation, your mm-hmm. ministry is in the world that's most good. often. Yeah. So if I'm, it's not, okay, I'm married. I'm going to raise my little kids that are holy and, and do my little family, Catholic family thing. Mm-hmm. It's no, I'm actually, I have a specific call on my life to be the
1: light in the darkness of the world. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm
2: choosing yeah, the secular yeah, yeah, state. Yeah. Well,
1: there's the mission, right? That's yeah. yoking it to the universal call to mission that like, Hey, like, as you're thinking about exactly. this, think about the mission on your life. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. One of the, one of the most meaningful, I think, uh, teachings that I ever received on, on vocation Mm -hmm. centers around the idea of making a choice Mm -hmm. that like, Brad, kind of what you were speaking about earlier, that if, if I'm, if I'm in a state of grace, right, Mm -hmm. I'm not sinning mortally and I'm actively seeking partnership with Jesus Mm -hmm. in the choices that I make in my life, Mm -hmm. I don't have to exist in a place of fear that I'm going to screw things up. Yeah. Yeah. Like that that I I have to I have to operate from a place of trust. Mm-hmm. That the choices that I make, mm-hmm. um, either God's gonna help to guide me through. Yeah. Like that these are gonna be in alignment with his will, or that he's gonna have the mercy and the grace to help to right. you know keep the bumpers on the bowling. Yeah, alley. yeah.
1: Well, and if you get too far, I have this conversation all the time. Again, like let's take, let's take the anxiety off for a second. Let's yeah. take off the next step. Let's say 10 years from now, if you're talking to like a college student, 10 years from now, you're in a vocation. Yeah. And Let's just say, for the sake of saying it, that you're in the wrong vocation. Is is the access to the Father totally gone from your life? Well, no, it's not, no. right? Like, is the Holy Spirit totally absent from your life? No, no, he's not. Is Jesus absent from your life? No, he's not, right? Like, and so often you'll see this, and I think it can really free young men and young women alike to know that, like, hey, like the Lord's with you, and yeah. yes, you have a you have a unique calling that yeah, He wants to bring you into. So but if you end up in the Plan B. Welcome to the passion of the Christ. Like, that's the plan B, right? Like, the plan B can turn out pretty effective when Jesus makes himself known in it, you know? And so I think that we should alleviate that pressure, and I think we'll actually get more calls to differing vocations,
2: not less. Well, And I think it's, if going back to what you said, Aaron, it's an invitation, right? So the Lord is inviting us in our primary vocations. It doesn't matter if I'm married or I'm single, whatever. My primary vocations are holiness and mission. Mm -hmm. So if I'm a priest and I'm not pursuing holiness and mission, yeah. I, I'm not doing what I'm called yes, to do. Yes. If I'm a married person, I'm not fully pursuing holiness and mm-hmm. mission. I'm not doing what yes. I'm called to do. It doesn't really matter what, like what you do. It's, it's how you do mm-hmm. it, right? Yeah. Like you're doing it through your, your, the, the fundamental calls of holiness and mm-hmm. mission. And, and every state of the church has the ability to be those. And yeah. there's, I've met plenty of priests yeah, who sure aren't, say. aren't pursuing holiness and mission. Sure. And I've met plenty of married people who aren't pursuing holiness and mission. Are they, they did they, did they get the right vocation? No, they didn't because the right vocation is always the one where holiness and mission. Yeah, holiness and mission. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if I'm a priest, I'm married. Yeah, like ultimately, I'm expressing who I was recreated yeah. to be in Christ Jesus uh, as 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 one
0: pursuing holiness and mission. We've no also met what. some sweet priests and married yeah, couples of who course. are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But only met people. But no, who are you say, you
1: actually say that so well, Aaron. You you always talk about how the aim always has to be love. The Catechism actually says you're primary vocation is love. Yeah. But but that makes sense, right? Because Jesus says the two greatest commandments is to love the Lord, your God, yep. and to love your neighbor, holiness and mission, yeah. right? Like, yeah. like the f- full expression of love yep. is also the full expression of holiness and mission. Like Jesus, he, he's not like speaking over himself. He's speaking a very consistent thing that if you want to fulfill the vocation to love, you need to fulfill the call to holiness and mission because they're inseparable. Mm. They're so that, inseparable. Doesn't, that
0: doesn't stand contrary to the call to celibacy.
1: Uh, no, I don't <laughs> think so. I don't think so. I think that that would tie in yeah. just fine. Anna,
0: Anakin Skywalker said it best: <laughs> Jedi are encouraged to love. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there you go. Aaron.
1: There very good. See, good. that's what Skywalker. i no, but, um, That's why we have that. Aaron on the show. <laughs> just so we can randomly in, get the Star Wars. Yeah, it brings Wars, in pop yeah. culture because we're just abstinent. <laughs> when no. I think of pop culture, I think of Aaron Aaron Richards, Richards yeah. like, oh, yeah. Wars, just, <laughs> Anyway, no, but honestly, I do think that, like, I, I don't know. We were talking about, like, what we talk to, like, um, people about. And, and having a missionary program here, we get – young adult women and young adult men that are discerning where God's calling them all of the Mm -hmm. time. And as I talk to men and women alike, the first thing I ask them whenever they're thinking about vocation is, well, what do you know about the ones that are possible for you? Right? Like a lot of times they don't know. Like, like, it's like, I have this pressure. It's like, well, what do you know about the priesthood, religious life and married life? What do you know about the religious life and the married life Mm -hmm. for our sisters? Mm -hmm. Right? Like a lot of times they're like, I actually don't know much about either because I've never actually seen the the best representation of marriage in the church and i've i've actually never even seen a religious order. I've never even been close to where they yep. do whatever they do, and um, I, so mm-hmm. I think that there was a there was a profound moment in my life in my vocational journey where the Lord was just like Brad. I need you to stop focusing on the solution, and I need you to start focusing on what I'm speaking to you now. And I noticed that as I began to like recenter myself on Him, right? Because vocation centered Christianity is self worship. I'm the end, yeah. right? Christ-centered Christianity, Jesus-centered Christianity is right order because he's always the end. It's always back to him. It's all unto him. And when I started centering again on him and my idea of vocation, the Lord actually in my heart brought like a passionate love for all of the vocations. I noticed myself thinking like the religious life would be insane. These brothers are amazing. They know the Lord, unlike Mm. many men that I know, right? I started seeing the priesthood, so attractive. It was like, oh my goodness, I could bring Jesus in the Eucharist to people. I could bring like, like literally yeah. I could bring this bread and wine to the altar of the Lord for it to become Jesus. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. And I began looking at the married life and I noticed that actually what had once been, I only was considering the married life became, I'm now only considering the celibate life. And I'm like, wait, but there has to be a beauty to be revealed in the married life. And that's where God really started doing deep work is when he started like yeah. unveiling that, Brad, you might not actually know what the married life looks like fully. Let me reveal to you what my plan is for that, Because, because the Lord doesn't want us to just like wait 27 years, see if he calls us to the religious life. And if he doesn't, us press the default marriage button. Like he wants to call. It's all about relationship, right? Yeah. I think there's, there's probably still that, that, if you will, a little bit of
2: a lie in the church that celibacy is 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 better. Like I'm holier if I've chosen celibacy, sure, right? And sure. like I think guys like wrestle with that or girls wrestle with that. Like yeah. if I really want to do, like if I want to be all in for God. But I think yeah. what you're you're tapping into, Brad, is so beautiful. If you want to discover your vocation, just go all in on holiness and mission, right? If I yes. am, if I'm pursuing Jesus with all of my heart if i'm mm-hmm. loving him with all my heart my mind mm-hmm. my soul my strength yeah. and if i'm loving my neighbor with all of that as yeah. well if i'm if if love is my aim and right. i'm truly living a life of holiness and mission my vocation is just naturally yeah. going to yeah, pop yeah, out yeah. like yeah. it's just the overflow of cuz you're simply asking mm-hmm. i'm i'm already living the life god's asked me to live right. and now lord how do you want me to do that in a more permanent state mm-hmm. but yeah. if i'm mm-hmm. not and this is what like i would walk with guys discerning priesthood um and if they uh if they weren't if they weren't doing like uh, how do I say this? In and in like, if they weren't actually pursuing the Lord, yeah. like deeply, and they weren't like on mission, yeah, I I would tell them, hey, I'm giving you a couple months. Like, we're not going to continue meeting though if sure. you don't like start doing it. Yeah, now. Yeah, we'll stop because, asking
1: the vocation yeah, question. Yeah. I think we can be they, that. They old. get paralyzed. They're like, yeah. oh, I'm just going to sit and wait
2: and not do anything with my life until, and then I'll start doing mission once sure, the Lord tells sure, me my vocation. Sure. It doesn't work that no, way. Like, right. sprint after Jesus, mm-hmm. and at the end of the like,
0: once you're running after Him, He going right. to
2: reveal it to you. Yeah, that's
0: right. uh, you guys can feel free to disagree with this, but I, I love, but I, dis, I disagree with it. No. <laughs> both of you, I think both <laughs> of you have really effectively just communicated like a, 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 a very deep and eloquently communicated, like theological and intellectual ascent toward sure. understanding how God is going to form my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, that just wasn't my experience. Mm-hmm. I don't think through discernment, yeah. right? I, I don't think I had language for any of those things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, as as we're, as we're talking here i was asking sure. okay why 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 didn't i think about these things yeah. and i think it was because i was actually in a community of holiness and mission yeah like i was in a place where that was my lifestyle and my choices that i was making well, and therefore the natural inclination of my heart was actually rightly ordered hmm. mm-hmm. right that that if if you're in a place where like yeah these are the decisions that i'm making yeah. with my life yeah. that this is the place where i'm dedicating myself I can begin to trust the Mm -hmm. affections of my heart, Yeah, right? I can begin to trust the way that God moves through my own emotion. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, don't overcomplicate it for the sake of overcomplicating it, right? Because I think sometimes it's like, well, just to know that I did my due diligence, I'm gonna make this a really complicated process. Yeah, And it's like, well, that's not necessarily what you need to do. What what you need to do, again, because I love your imagery, Dan, I think, like, just that's so powerful. Like, because if I'm running after mm. the Lord in holiness and mission, whether it's in a community, like you're saying, Aaron, or whether it's like just in my own life. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, if I'm pursuing holiness and mission, my biggest fear in that is that I might lose me in the process. Perfect. You're in the greatest place ever for, for Vocational vocation. Decision. You are. <laughs> like I just I, I ran so hard after Jesus that I forgot about myself. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Where do you feel called now? <laughs> Anything you do right like, now is the right go, decision. No, 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 right. No, seriously. And I do think sometimes, like that permission, like, I don't think we're ever gonna get more holy married couples by putting an anxiety. Written discernment hmm. process into play, I don't think we're ever going to get more holy priests, more holy religious sisters, more holy religious brothers by putting an anxiety on people that like if you don't find this, you know the analogy that the lord has has given me for a few years now, and i i've I've loved just sitting with him with it is um this analogy that like for the longest time in my like Walk with him. I felt like the Lord had written a book of my life, right? And found the most massive library you could ever find and hit it on some shelf randomly. And I had to run around the library, like with all of my effort to try to find that book before I died. And it was so anxiety ridden because I was like, I must be on the wrong shelf. Where do I go? Which shelves have I already looked at? I don't even know. Where am I at? Right. And then the Lord over time was like, Brad, like, would any good father? Use that as the strategy to unveil his plan (laughs) to his son. Like, no, of course not. Like a good father Mm -hmm. would sit next to his son, knowing that in his heart, he had his his preference, his will for his Mm. son. But he would watch the son as he made decisions and he would ask his son questions so his son could begin understanding what his will was. And the Lord took me away from this thought of him Mm. writing a book of my life and hiding it to him authoring the book while I was living it. And and there was so often I would turn three pages ahead and be so frustrated because nothing was written there. And I would just hear the Lord say, well, it's because you haven't lived that yet. Yeah. Like he's actually wanting to partner with us mm. in the vocational discernment. That's,
2: that's beautiful. I love the father analogy too. I love the phrase, your life is transformed when you it's not that I believe in Jesus, but that Jesus believes in me, right? That yeah. it's not just yeah. that I believe in Jesus, but I know that Jesus believes in mm-hmm. me. And, mm-hmm. and Matt, like as a father, like my son, when he's, I, I listen to my son's passions and then I get behind his passions. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, you really, you like shooting guns? All right, fine. Let's 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 do that and let's go shoot guns, right? Yeah. You like football? Let's, let's watch football together and let's sign you up for football. Mm-hmm. Like you help them discover their passions, right? Mm-hmm. When they're young, you help them. And then once they start naming their passions, you get behind them. Yeah. And I wonder, I've, I've never thought about vocational discernment from that lens, but it is beautiful <laughs> that let the father help you discover your passions. And, yeah. and in a sense, try different things. Visit different religious orders. Visit different apostolates. Mm-hmm. Try working with the poor. Try working with in a hospital. Try yeah. like vi- do different things on. Try different mm-hmm. hats mm-hmm. on. Let the Lord show you what you're passionate about, and then He's going to get behind your passions. Yeah, yeah. And so it's not like I've got to figure out well, that, why like, why.
0: Because they're his passions. They're his passions.
1: he wrote them on on your
0: heart. He he authored our heart. He authored our soul. He authored our desire. Yeah, Yeah, right.
1: No, exactly. Yeah. And I think it goes back to what we were mentioning in a previous episode where like the Lord is, he's not the renunciation of all desire. He's the fulfillment of all desire. Like I I think a lot of times it's like when I get to the place where I've renounced all of my desires, then I'll find God's will. It's like that that just couldn't be further from the truth. (laughs) So, And
2: this is, that's awesome. And I think this is the heart of like, uh, you know, why Ignatius of Loyola was so amazing like he yeah, he helped yeah. guys discover their deepest mm. passions and then they became like the world's greatest astronomers and mathematicians and open sure, universities sure. all over the world the they did what they felt called to do with mm-hmm. excellence right all yeah, for the greater yeah. glory of god no matter what i do all of it's for the greater glory of god mm-hmm. but how do you how do you take that kind of discernment that's so interior and coming to know what my passions are because the father wrote them on my heart and then doing them for his glory Mm -hmm. versus being tricked by the evil one just to do what's comfortable and and like selfish. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah, Like that's what, that's what always I struggle with that. It's like, how do I make sure that when I'm walking with a guy and I'm helping him like, well, what are your passions? How do I make sure he just doesn't collapse into
1: narcissism and like carnal pleasure, you know?
2: Yeah, I, I don't I'm, know if I know the answer. I think that's a, I think that's, I
1: think there's a fight there. I, I would be interested in what Aaron has to say to it. I think for me, when I hear it, the the first thing I think of is like, and this is just the way the Lord works with me. But let's let's go down the line, okay? Let's say that you're you're getting behind that person's passions. You're refining them, right? You're making sure they're not sinful. You're making sure he's not saying anything like this is just like the only way I've ever thought about doing. It. Like you're you're, mm-hmm. you're pressing him, right? But let's say that he makes a decision. Like, let's go to the nth degree. At the end of his life, I'm just not confident that at the end of his life, when he comes before the Lord, and let's say he decided to be a priest and he was supposed to be a married man because he liked being alone and he liked the idea of running something with his life. I don't know. I'm just giving a bunch yep. of things. At the end of his life, when he goes to the kingdom of heaven, I'm not sure what the Lord's gonna ask him is, are you so sure you were supposed to be a priest? Like, oh, I'm just yeah, not sure not, that that's going to be the question. No. So I, I think what I'm trying to do is take it. If that's not the ultimate question, then let's take it all the way back and let's focus on where's your heart? Maybe God doesn't at. care. Yeah, no, no, no. Again, I, I know I'm at the risk of people probably Yikes. being frustrated with me. But what I'm saying is if that's yep. the case, right? Because I think the father is going to be much more uh, curious about like what did you do with what you did say yes to? Yeah, you know what did you do with it? Again, like yeah. I'm not saying that he doesn't have maybe a more perfect route, but with whatever you said yes to, what did you do with it? I think that like for me, as I walk with someone, if I know that, yeah, then what I do in the moment is I say like to the best of my ability, like I I, I say different things, I ask different questions to try to get to like where's your heart at right now, and let's just make sure every step of the way. That your heart is a little more refined yeah. and a little more open and a little more free. And at the end of the day, wherever you end up deciding, let's partner with that and let's let God pour out his graces. I don't know. Yeah. Something yeah. like that.
0: Um, I don't know. To answer that, I mean to speak to the question as to how do I know that the desire of my heart isn't influenced by the temptation of the enemy. I, I think uh I think the question I would just ask is where's the root of it? Mm-hmm. Right. Does is 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 the root of this desire um, some kind of a self-defense tactic? Is it some kind of a self-promotion tactic? Sure. Is it some kind of a fulfillment of, of selfish pleasure? Yeah. Like those are usually pretty easy to root out. Why? Because whenever I go there, it affects my conscience. right? Yeah, I can I, th- I can think back to practical yeah, yeah, examples yeah, yeah. where I've tried to make a real strong case for the fact that, okay, this decision is all rightly ordered. In my heart, I know that I'm lying. Yeah, right. Yeah. I know that yeah, I'm yeah, making yeah. an excuse That's for myself. Mm-hmm. But uh, when something's rooted in like the the authentic expression of the fruit of the spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why does um, Why do I like f- flying racing drones? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Because it just it brings me joy. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's an experience yeah. of adventure. Guess what? I, I can I can discern pretty clearly that that's an area, that's a hobby that I can dedicate my heart to, Mm -hmm. right? That's a, that's a thing that I can do that expresses something that at at, at best is Mm -hmm. a non-factor in my pursuit of (laughs) holiness, right? When you, when you, when you look for the, when you look for the, uh, the root of the, Mm -hmm. the, the cause of your fulfillment, right? Mm -hmm. Is Is it coming from a holy place, or is it coming from a place of selfishness? Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, and even not even if it's not selfishness, it could be like you said. What's the root? It could just be like maybe I'm gravitating towards celibacy because uh, there's a root of a broken relationship in my life that I'm, mm-hmm. and so I'm running away from sure. relationality, yeah. or like, vice versa, right? Maybe yeah. I've, yeah. I've, I'm yeah. running away from celibacy because I, I'm trying to find love through another person, mm-hmm. and I, yeah, that's awesome. That's a great word.
1: Yeah. No, I agree. I, I think. And for me, like, as I was discerning marriage, I I remember having a thought that was corrected by the Lord, because again, I think part of this is like bringing our people that we're walking with, or even ourselves into a place where we're like, we really are. I I think it was Thomas Merton who said that, Lord, I've come to understand that in wanting to do your will, I'm in fact doing it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and it was like, it's been so powerful for me, like since the beginning of my conversion to go back to that, it's such a good word. It's like, father, I want to do what you want me to do so badly. Yeah. And if I make a misstep, have mercy, like just be with me. I think sometimes we don't offer enough mercy in decisions that are like, that are tough to make. It's like, hey, praise God that you're choosing this. Let me get behind that. Yeah. How can I support you? Like, like you want to do as will. And, and I think I I want to, I want to like, just speak to a moment where the Lord, he <laughs> he just brought me to that, like that I was desiring to do as well. I remember I was like, um, just like really, really considering celibacy. And it, it was because it had been presented to me as a great adventure, which it obviously is. Yeah. And that like, I I felt like I could do so much damage for the kingdom of God as a celibate man. Mm-hmm. But what the Lord began revealing in my heart is that that was actually like true in one sense. But in the other sense, the reason I was seeing it as a, an avenue where I could run harder than marriage is because I have a self-reliance thing in me. Where I am always at the end of the day, if push came to shove, I would be like, I am better off me. Yeah, I am better off me mm-hmm. intellectually, physically, something. And and the Lord like really walked with me in a process. So I I, I just want to speak to the fact that the process, Dan, to your question, even if it goes in a couple directions that were unexpected or even unhelpful, the process in my in my opinion and as I've seen it play out is so much more important than. Yeah. The solution. Well, and
2: in that process. Let us start with singleness, right? Like, yeah. there's something beautiful about being single with with the Lord and allowing those roots to be cured, mm-hmm. right? Like, what what mm-hmm. what in my heart? Like, where do I need healing in my life? Yeah, that's good. Where do I need to grow in my oneness with the Lord so that mm-hmm. so that I'm growing before I step into a, a outpouring gift of self vocation? Mm-hmm. I've also spent a lot of time um, with with the Lord by myself, mm-hmm. uh, wrestling with those tough questions. Yeah, that's
1: good. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, we're traveling so many places. So just again, like we're talking about vocation, right? The understanding that with vocational discernment oftentimes comes anxiety and comes this, I really need to make the right choice. But from that, if we actually step back from that and we look at the entire Christian life, knowing that our vocation is primarily to love and that love is fulfilled most accurately in loving God and loving neighbor, which comes through holiness and mission then we can be sure that we're on the right path as we're discerning. And for anyone that's listening as well, if you're already in vocation, like well, how can these principles be used? Well, they can be used in any calling that God's given <laughs> yep. you, right? Like this is obviously a huge calling. Like we don't want to undermine how powerful God uses vocation to bring us to himself. Yep. Yet at the same time, the, these principles, they could be used in any small call. Yep. Like everything you were saying earlier Aaron with how we can hear from God and we can see from God and we can know God. Like that can be used in small (laughs) little tiny ways every day.
2: And I think sometimes we run the risk, especially if you're younger and you're discerning your vocation, you make Vocation, the end. Yeah, uh, and it's right, and, and so then, yes. you know, like, I remember like Amber and I are like, man, like some of the stuff we've discerned since we've got married are so much bigger and heavier yeah, yeah, yeah. than the, the discernment itself of getting married, good right? Like, yeah. But when you're young, it's like this is the big question, yes. right? But there's always big questions, mm-hmm. like, and 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 uh, in the absence of there always being big questions, complacency will set in, right? Like, I I hab- like habitually ask myself sincerely. In prayer, Lord, are you calling me to foreign missions, right? Just because I have to act like, I, I don't think he's calling me, yeah. but I want to make sure that I'm asking him the big questions still to mm-hmm. make sure that I'm ready. I have a radical readiness to respond to the word of God mm-hmm. at any moment in mm-hmm. my life. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we're young, we've got that radical readiness to respond to the word of God and God, I'll do whatever you ask me to do. Yeah, 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 and then yeah. we get in our vocation. We lose that radical readiness where we're just like, well, I already did what he asked me to do. No, like, no, <laughs> yeah, you, like yeah, yeah. And every day is in the kingdom of God. And he, he's going to ask you to do crazy things with your life. Yeah. Are you radically ready yeah. for it?
1: And Aaron, you teach this in the prophetic sometimes. I'd love to hear if, I guess, if, and then if so, how <laughs> um, this ties into vocational things. Like when we teach pro- prophetic, just like, um, what am I trying to say? When we teach prophetic ministry to our missionaries, we always teach them that the prophetic comes with three questions. Father, what is your heart for this situation? What do you want me to do about it? Yeah. When do you want me to do it? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Or how do you, yeah How do you want me to apply exactly. it?
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. Yeah. That middle of like what do you want me to do? Like how do you want me to yeah. apply it could be fine. Yeah. But like, Father, what is your heart for this situation? How do you want me to apply it? What do you want me to do? And then finally, when do you want me to yeah. do that? That seems like that could just as easily be put into our regular prayer yeah. on how to discern. Yeah, I'm calling, calling when
0: when to do things with prudence. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I feel like I don't know. I feel like as I, I'm I'm the ripe old age of 36, right? As I, <laughs> uh, so I, much wisdom. I, I keep I keep defaulting to this silly place of of believing that ultimately, like intimacy with relationship with God is the is the the solution, mm. right? Gosh, it's the solution so to the problem. <laughs> no, no. no, here's the say thing. More, so I was I, I, as I, as we're talking about this, I'm like, man. Are we even by virtue of this conversation simply overcomplicating this process? I mean, no, we have got we've yeah, got a yeah, lot of good. wisdom to share. Sure, sure. All of that wisdom is coming in hindsight. Uh-huh. No, because that's right. if you'd that's made right. a different choice a year and a half ago, guess what? It would be a different <laughs> wisdom now. All that stuff would have been wrong. No, it would be a different <laughs> wisdom. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, I I listened to an interview uh Bill Johnson was speaking about this a yeah, number yeah. of months ago and I probably I probably referenced it on the show before, but he was interviewing some leader of some amazing Mm world-changing church movement. Mm -hmm. And uh, the guy said, I'm often asked, uh, you know, what is it that I did? What was the playbook that I did to get to where we are today, to find this success and replicability. And he said, if, if I told you the playbook, it would make it seem as though I had a plan, (laughs) right? right. That I was in charge. The only plan was stay Mm -hmm. close to the Holy spirit. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and then you realize that the choices that you've made in your life, they begin to take, a trajectory of the strategy that God Mm -hmm. has for you. Sure. Like the plan that he has for you in place. And all of a sudden you can look back and you can say, yeah, I can tell you how to discern marriage. Yeah. Sure. What's the solution? It's, it's, it's do it with the Lord. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Do it in partnership with the Holy spirit. Yeah. All the stuff that we're talking about. Yeah. It's not discernment help. It's, sure. it's alignment with the Holy yeah. Spirit. Yeah. And it's, 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 heart it's, what,
2: it's what Christianity is. It it's is. walking with the
0: Lord That's and right. listening to His and, voice. and when you're in that place, yeah. just make a choice. Yeah. 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 You're listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio on St. Gabriel Radio. You can listen to the whole version of today's show at www.ewtn.com radio slash radio. Podcasts, Or check us out on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. We'll be right back with this episode after a short break. Many people are confused as to what news program to listen to. One news station promotes one thing while another says the opposite. That's where Catholic Radio comes in. This is Donetta Robin of Divine Mercy Radio in Hayes, Kansas. Be assured that Catholic Radio will give you the news from a Catholic perspective and without bias. Be informed today. Tune in to Catholic Radio.
1: The world needs EWTN Catholic Radio, now more than ever.
0: Are you ready to spread your wings? Wings is the weekly newsletter that's packed with exclusive news, program information, features, and updates of all that's going on at the Global Catholic Network. To sign up, go to EWTN.com, click subscribe, enter your name and email address, and you'll start getting your wings every week. Get your wings today. It's the weekly newsletter from EWTN, the Global Catholic Network Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I have a great idea. Yeah. All right, so we've been talking about principles that make that can make discernment effective for us. Sure, sure. What are the barriers that make discernment hard? What yeah. are the barriers yeah, flipping that the question. make discernment hard? All right. I, I, I basically, I want to say one thing. Yeah. Okay. You say one no, thing, because, I'll jump off. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm like thinking in
2: my head, this what, is the classic. Like came to my mind is Aaron has something already. Yes. Okay. I don't, yes. I don't
0: know what he doing. I think the <laughs> all for the maybe, maybe the single most difficult, uh, uh process to, yeah. to discernment mm-hmm. is the fact that, um, I feel locked into a process too early, mm-hmm. or I feel locked mm-hmm. into a process that I feel like my, my freedom and my will has been taken away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, i've good. i've I've made the observation with a number of the guys that I've walked with who I love dearly, um that oftentimes in and maybe it's just in the culture that I live in here at Damascus mm-hmm. and in central Ohio. But oftentimes, like the process of discerning marriage, it stops the day that I start dating.
1: <laughs> yeah, right yeah,
0: yeah, because the day that I start dating as a as a college student, like I've got a trajectory set out from my life that means that, okay, if this works well, then we're going to be engaged in approximately three and a half months, mm-hmm. yeah, which means that yeah. we're going to be married, you know, Twelve to sixteen months from that date. Mm -hmm. So uh, the the freedom of choice has been removed from the equation the moment I say yes to a relationship with you. Yeah. Like that's not the way that life's supposed to be. The weight comes
1: up front, right? Like like it's actually there's a weight that I'm putting too much of a weight on that first step and not enough like excitement in the process. The, of the, the, one of the
0: things out. that I love to celebrate is when engaged couples make a choice to break their engagement. Yeah. Why? absolutely. Simply because I love to honor the fact that yeah. you have the freedom yeah. to continue to discern yeah. your life. Yeah. yeah. And right?
1: the Lord might be speaking something new. Like and, they,
0: and that you don't feel pressured to make a wrong choice because of what people will think. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, and, and the same thing of course exists in seminary yeah. that, yeah, you, yeah, you sure. know, how many guys who who they're they're 18 years old they enter seminary thinking yeah. that okay like i've now made the life yeah. decision it's that's going to guide well, the rest it, of my even process it's a greater
1: weight to that it's on me to reverse this this shortage. Like I'll see so yeah. many guys that feel this weight of like, well, I, I've at least given this. Yes. I might as well stay. Cause I'm at least considering it enough to do yeah, it. Well, it'd like, be
2: healthier if more people just entered to try it on, I right? Agree with like that. religious, I life, agree especially that. for a young woman, there's no way to really see what religious life is until right, you're right. in religious life. Yeah. Well, you know? And, and so, it's also
1: worth noting. A lot of times I'll hear people, they're like, well, I've always just wanted to be a dad or I've always just wanted to be a mom. It's like, well, that, that's an innate human desire. Like everyone, everyone wants that. And, and, and the Lord You're is so good. Terrible. Right, well, the Lord's so good that every vocation has that opportunity. Uh, yeah. He's so good that that desire will never go unfulfilled. Yeah. I, I think a huge barrier, if I'm being totally transparent, as I like walk with people, a huge barrier is that I don't know how good God is. Yeah. That, that like someone said this once to me and it totally just, Have you ever just had someone just mention something so simple, but it like stays with you forever? I was just in this conversation. I don't even remember who it was with, but they said something to this effect. They said, Brad, everything you've ever needed for salvation is in that seat with you right now. And I don't know why, but it just, it just struck a chord with me. I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't need a vocational calling for salvation. I I don't need the next step in my life for salvation. I don't need tomorrow for salvation. I don't need anything for salvation. I need the Holy Spirit present in me right now, bringing me to the heart of Jesus, who brings his mercy to the heart of the Father. And then I am accepted in the family of God and I'm saved forever. And that's how good he is. He's so good that I am totally satisfied right here if I would actually come into agreement with how good he is. Mm. Like, I do think that's a huge that's barrier awesome. because yeah. if I can live from that goodness instead of trying to attain that goodness, yeah. it changes everything. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it, it literally sat with me. And I, it, I think it's, even even now as a married person, I use it all of the time. That like, as Nina and I d- discern like, okay, Lord, like, when are you calling us, inviting us to start a family? How is that gonna look? Like, like all these different things, all these exciting things. It's, it's always good for me when I sit with the Lord to simply let him know lord i recognize that everything i've ever needed is right here yeah and that, mm. that, there's just a freedom to that, isn't yeah. there? Like, I don't know, it's simple. But. I love that. I think one of
2: the barriers that's coming to my mind is just the fear of the unknown. Um, I think there's a lot of fear associated with vocations because of the wounds of our past as well, right? <laughs> like I, I've seen a lot of fear, like, oh, I don't know how marriage is going to turn out because, well, my parents' marriage didn't turn out or I don't know how yeah, yeah. marriage is going to turn out because in our, uh, I, you know, I struggled with this habitual sin in the past. like, mm. And so there's this fear of the unknown that almost cheapens God of it grace, right? Or even mm-hmm. the same with celibacy. It's like, mm-hmm. well, uh, there's just so much going on with the priesthood or religious life in today's world. And I don't know if I'll feel alone. I don't know if I'll feel like satisfied. And there's this yeah. fear of the unknown and and we'll never do anything great for God if we live in the fear of the unknown, because it's in that's the right. unknown where we discover God, yeah, right? It's yeah. like, that's, that's the stuff that the true intimacy is forged in those moments of the unknown. I think it mm-hmm. just even like human react, like relationship intimacy is forged when mm-hmm. something unknown happens and you, you get through it together, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like the uh, that's where friendship, it's where love, that's where it's forged. That's where the, the intimacy with the Lord will be yeah. forged. And I, don't, I I think that's like when, when the faith is looked as an adventure, like mm-hmm. yeah. the, the fear of the unknown uh, no longer has authority anymore yeah. because it's like, i i crave the adventure like i want the unknown yeah. i want to know like honestly like doing the same thing repetitively over every day day after day yeah it, it is is by itself hard <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> and so the unknown mm. keeps you uh, like hungry for grace hungry for the more of god mm-hmm. dependent on mm-hmm. his mercy dependent yeah. on his like yeah. grace it keeps you sharp right yeah. and and so um I think that's a barrier that is easily solved when you have this abandonment to God that's and good. you're just like, this yeah, is an adventure yeah, I'm in. Yeah.
0: You have another barrier? No, no, I don't. I just wanted to say my one barrier. <laughs> no, I mean, Let's those, are be honest. those are great. That's great. Yeah. So I,
2: I, I think I love Aaron. I, the the two things that are in my mind right now. Yeah. You you mentioned earlier, it's all about intimacy with God, yeah. which mm-hmm. is is mm-hmm. holiness, right? It's as long as you stay rooted in the Lord, you're going to hear Him speak, yes. right? Yes. And then and, and be then, outward facing. And the and be outward. Yeah. Well, and then it's also secondly, it's that my favorite phrase is "Do what you do and do it for Jesus," right? So it's mm-hmm. that mission. Whatever mm-hmm. you do, just do it for Jesus. And yeah, your yeah, yeah. your vocation, your calling is to do whatever you do yeah. and to do it for Jesus. Yeah. So you're not living a vocation if you're married and you're not doing it for the Lord. You're not living a right, vocation right. if you're a priest and you're not living it for the Lord. Mm-hmm. In order to live a vocation, yeah. you have to do whatever you do and do it for Jesus. Yeah. And, and so if you start that now as a, as a high school student mm-hmm. and as an athlete and as a worker at Starbucks, whatever mm-hmm. you're doing, if you're doing it for Jesus and you're in, in an intimate relationship with him, no matter what, yeah. you'll find your vocation. Yeah, yep. yep. that's
0: sweet. Let, can we just pray? We can. I don't know I want you to that. kick us
1: into prayer. I have one thing off. Like, I just, I, I just want to speak this because I feel yeah. like it on my heart before we pray. Like if, if anyone that's listening, watching, like if, if you're thinking to yourself, like I have found myself in my discernment process in a place of anxiety. I think a very simple solution, very simple is to recognize that your choice for one or the other doesn't make one good and one bad. In fact, they're both good, and mm-hmm. it's only in sacrificing a good for another good that that other good becomes great, Yeah. right? That That's with, awesome. When I have two goods, when I have two goods and I need to choose between them, that discernment can only happen between two goods. If it's between yep. good and a bad, it's just a choice. Yeah. Discernment's between two goods, and the only way that a good ever becomes great is when another good is sacrificed for it, right? Yep. And so like- I don't know. There's just, just um, there's power in that understanding that'll yeah. bring freedom. So if that's you today, that's great. But let's yeah. let's just, let's launch into prayer. And I think Woo-hoo! let's just pray that the people that are listening today, that they would find freedom. And let's, I think let's just take some time to speak what the Lord speaks. Amen. In the
0: name of the father and the son and the Holy spirit. Amen. 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 Jesus, we love you. Uh, thank you, Lord, for giving us the grace to be able to hear your voice and to say yes, to give a yes with our lives. So Jesus, we pray for every person who's tuning in today for every missionary here at Damascus, for every uh, person that we've ever spoken with or led, Lord, for every person who's engaged in our lives right now, mm-hmm. that you would make clear the direction that you have for us, God, that, you, that you'd that you make concrete in us the call that you've given us. And furthermore, Lord, that you'd give us the courage to be able to make a choice to that effect. God, don't let us operate from the desire that that we're supposed to live this life on our own. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to live this life in relationship with you. so yeah. jesus, we we pray that you'd you'd make the barriers to that relationship just fall away right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm just uh, I see Peter and Andrew on the shore, and uh, mm. the the yes they gave on day one wasn't really understood <laughs> until three <laughs> years later. And um the Lord's just saying, just make a yes today. Just make a yes Mm -hmm. today to drop your nets and to be all in for me. Um, and, And you'll discover why you did that years later. Lord, I just I pray for all of those who are clinging to empty nets, all of those who have been holding on to empty nets for years, thinking that they're going to lead to satisfaction and happiness. And I just pray for the freedom, Lord, to let go of nets right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, we give you an unconditional, irrevocable yes right now. Jesus, yes. We will go where you lead us. We will do what you ask of us. We will follow you. We will follow you. We will follow you, Lord. And as we follow you, Lord, you will reveal to us where, where, where you're leading us.
1: Yeah, Jesus, when we said yes to being a Christian, the one thing we also committed to is that we would never tell you no. So I pray right yeah. now that anyone listening, that they would begin their vocational pursuit mm. or they would continue their vo- vocational reality by saying yes to the small things today. Mm. That God, the callings that you place on our life that are big, becomes so much easier to handle when we recognize how to say Mm. yes to the small callings you're putting in front of us today. So when you invite us into a time of prayer today, let us say yes. When you invite us to talk to that person who usually would just be a passerby, let us say yes. When you invite us to open our eyes to see new things on our ride home, allow us to say yes. Lord, we pray that we would begin saying yes to every small prompting and every small calling so that when the big promptings and the big callings come, it'll be second nature on how to respond. Amen. come Lord Jesus we love you we praise you we thank you for the gift of this show the gift of this opportunity to discuss just the different pieces of wisdom that you've placed in our lives we pray they would be fruitful and it would continue to inspire and bring people into holiness and mission and it's in Jesus name we pray amen, amen. amen. In the father and the son and the holy you, spirit amen. amen well that's a lot of fun guys um any final thoughts
0: uh Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: Again, this is Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. If you'd like to learn more about us here at Damascus, you can find that at damascus.net. Check out Beyond Damascus anywhere where you can find podcasts, Spotify, Mm. Apple Podcasts, all the other platforms. We look forward to all the weeks to come. Blessings.
0: Friends, thanks for listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. You can listen to the whole version of today's show by going online to www.ewtn.com slash radio podcasts, or searching for Beyond Damascus on YouTube or your favorite podcast app.